Hello and welcome back to Southwest London at F1 podcast. And after a three-week break, we are finally have a race to look forward to. It's the second Emilia Romagna or Emilia Grand Prix takes place this weekend. Uh, we'll be breaking down what to expect as the action restarts finally. Uh, I'm Luke Edwards and I'm joined by Ollie Dixon-Jefford, Rory McNair and Andrew Gamble. How's it going, guys? Yeah, not bad. We're all very excited for a good weekend of racing. Just glad to have it back. Really, it's been too long. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's been it's been such a it's been such a long time. It's actually been worse than the off season, I swear. Yeah, because it feels like we had that like little teaser at the yeah. Borough was definitely more than like an, an appetizer, and then you've got to wait three weeks for your main meal. It just doesn't quite sit right. <laughs> um, right, well, let's get into it. So first of all, we'll talk about a bit about the rearranged schedule that's going to be happening this weekend. So due to the death of Prince Philip. Uh, third uh, qualifying and the third practice on Saturday have both been delayed by an hour. Uh, Andy, we'll start with you. Um, do you think this is like actually necessary? And do you think this will actually have an impact on the drivers at all? Uh, I'm not sure how much it will have an impact on the drivers. You know, they're professional sports people. They know how to deal with changes and sort of alterations to to what is a routine, you know, like a race weekend. Um, but they'll be able to deal with that. I think... It's interesting, like whether it's uh, necessary or, or appropriate. I mean, obviously, it's a nice sort of olive branch, I guess, by by Formula One to just like the wider British community, um, because it's obviously Formula One is a very British sport uh, at the heart of it. But it's it's interesting because it's it's also very international. You know, Formula One has you know it touches it goes all over the world. So it's it's a, it's very strange for me anyway to to see that they are going ahead with this sort of big restructuring of their of their schedule in the wake of, of Prince Philip's death, yeah. Ollie, do you think this maybe is a kind of, um, maybe there's like a marketing aspect to it because obviously F1 is so big over here and it, it might be expected people wouldn't want to tune in uh, to watch the Grand Prix at the time that the Prince, that Prince Philip's funeral is going on. Or do you think this is actually a genuine mark of respect? I think it could be seen as a bit of both. Um, obviously we've seen in terms of sport taking place in Britain this weekend that's all been moved about the Premier League matches have been moved and I think it maybe would have looked a bit bad if it had gone on at the same time as the funeral I think a lot of people might be interested in watching both but I think as you've both alluded to it's quite interesting from the international aspect I can't imagine that too many of the drivers are necessarily that worried about this or that bothered by Prince Philip's death, it's probably not making any real impact on their life. So it'd be interesting to see if there's any like press reaction from them, but I can see why the decision was made. Maury, do you think that this maybe like will detract from the spectacle at all? Do you think that this this will kind of be seen as the the Grand Prix maybe that is the it, they say they say it's not the most like eventful Grand Prix. Do you think it will probably go down as the one that was delayed because of Prince Philip's funeral? Or do you think that it, it's just going to be a standard day of racing? don't think it's one that's going to kind of go down in the history books. I mean, we'll see what happens on track, but um, with regards to kind of commemorating Prince Philip, I don't think this is going to be remembered for that reason. Um, I should probably say that my opinions are not representative of any publication or wider body that I'm speaking for. Um, I don't, I go back and forth. I don't think it's that necessary. Um, I think, and on the other hand, the Commonwealth is quite well represented in formula one. So, um, if there was kind of any sporting, like international sporting competition that would kind of pay pay that respect, it makes sense that it's Formula One. Um, 
but no, I think in the way it's going to affect drivers, it'll be the time change that has any possible effects. And even then, I don't think it will. Um, but no, let's let's get back to the racing and get back to the track. Yeah, I was going to say, we'll get on to the, the actual like juicy stuff. Um, so we'll start off with... Um, was start from discussion about actually around Red Bull because it's interesting looking at them. Obviously, they they managed to get P two last P two and P five in Bahrain, which wasn't a, a terrible show, but not exactly great at the same time. Um, but it's mainly looking at their their record at this um, at this track. They've only had one race, admittedly, but it was a very poor race. Um, Max Verstappen spun out and had to retire. Uh, and then Alex Albon finished in P15, which was bottom of the drivers who actually managed to finish the race in the first place. Um, <laughs> which wasn't, wasn't a great, really a great show for them at all. Um, and they, they could really do with some points this week. Do you think that they can bury their skeletons? Uh, Andy, we'll start with you. Uh, yeah, I think so. Look, I think, as you said, you know, they, they went into the first race of the season in Bahrain. I think everyone expected them and I think really wanted them to win because I think we just want to see like the competitive season you know we because we think this could be finally the year that that Hamilton Mercedes perhaps don't have it as as easy as maybe it has been um look Red Bull I think their first weekend yeah they should maybe they should have won the race but I think like Sergio Perez climbed from the back came up fifth um he looked fantastic in terms of race pace Verstappen will be kicking himself that, that he didn't get the win but he'll definitely be eyeing it this weekend do i think they'll improve on last season showing uh, yeah i mean I'd, I'd be surprised if verstappen isn't fighting for the win again i'd be surprised if i'd be very surprised if sergio perez finishes last of the finishing drivers so yeah i think red bull are gonna have another great weekend uh, this weekend i think it'll be a, a really fun what uh, a really fun race to watch from from that perspective and Rory, do you think that there might be that sort of extra pressure on Sergio Perez to have a really good qualifying this time round? Because obviously he didn't even make the, the third qualifying last time out. Um, do you think he'll feel that pressure and maybe use that to his advantage? Yeah, I kind of see it in, in when it comes to pressure in a more positive light. I think he's now got this opportunity where hopefully he's a bit more comfortable with the car. Those technical issues kind of get iron, ironed out. And um, hopefully he won't be starting from the back of the grid come come race day. And yeah, I think there's a lot more potential there. And especially joining a new team, obviously what happened in Bahrain is not ideal. Like you want to be pushing for podiums, but getting that out the way and kind of getting on with the season now that you know where you stand. Um, and they've shown that there's a lot of potential in those cars. So I think positive and promising for, for Red Bull. And Ollie, if, let's say, hypothetically, Max Verstappen um, overcomes his disastrous showing from last time out at this track um, and goes on and actually gets a, a first-place podium at this, at this race, um, what do you think that will do maybe to the mentality? I mean, we're still very early days in the season, of course. But what do you think that will maybe do to the mentality of him and also Lewis Hamilton if he's able to get a win at this Grand Prix? I think it would be great for Verstappen. Obviously, I think he was very annoyed last time around in Bahrain. Um, I think that race was in his control, and obviously it didn't quite pan that way in the end. So I think if he was able to get the win and maybe put what happened in Bahrain to the back of his mind, that would be huge. I don't think it would necessarily be that important for Hamilton if he wants to finish hypothetically second behind Verstappen. I mean, Hamilton's been here for season after season now. But I think if Verstappen wants to get the win and kind of push what happened in Bahrain away and then kind of feel like he's back on level terms, that would be huge for him, absolutely. We kind of already touched on Mercedes, but um, 
Hamilton and Bottas, they come in back to this back to this arena that they did very well in last time out as well, got P1 and P2. Um, interestingly, ended up swapping positions for qualifying. Um, do you think that do you think they'll do it again? Do you think that this is realistically Mercedes to lose, Andy? I, I think I think when it comes to Formula One, you have to put put the respect on Mercedes' name. Like they're they're the they're the big dogs. They've earned they've earned that right as well to be the favourites at, at almost every track. Um, I'd say yeah, it is theirs. It is their race to lose. Yes, you know Toto Wolff is doing that classic thing where he's putting the the pressure on Red Bull. You know, saying that they have the I think he said he had the, that they have an advantage over a single lap. You know, and and Mercedes are just lacking in that regard. Um, but no, I. It's, Mercedes have to be the favourites, I think. You know, Verstappen and Red Bull will be there and thereabouts. They'll be right at the front, pushing them all the way. Um, hopefully, we'll see Red Bull get their first win of the season. But, I mean, I think it's Mercedes' race again to, to lose, yeah. And just about Imola more broadly, I mean, this is a track that these drivers, even the most experienced drivers, actually don't really have much experience on at all. Um, Rory, I, I, th- this is quite, it's quite an interesting way of looking at it. But do you think that... They, a, this makes up practice quite important because you'll be able to get used to it. Maybe there'll be sort of like new ways of figuring the best ways of getting around the track as fast as possible that haven't quite been figured out yet. And also, do you think this actually gives like the rookies, so for example, Yuki Sonoda, who we'll probably touch on a little bit more later, uh, does that put him on a bit more of a level playing field with the rest of the drivers? Yeah, I think it certainly does kind of level out on that first point of, of using practice to, to kind of get to know the track it's something that the drivers have to do year in, year out with tracks. I mean, you get ones that kind of become staples of Formula One, but having new ones come in, um, yeah, I think there is that little bit more pressure to make the best of practice, especially when you get technical issues issues coming in. All of a sudden, you've got so much less time on the track, so much less time getting used to it, that you're immediately at a disadvantage. Um, on the other point with rookie drivers, I think it does level the playing field a little bit. I think... Yuki Tsunoda and drivers like Matt Spin and Schumacher are kind of, when you look at Formula 2, the amount of volume of races, obviously you've got two races per, per race weekend. They've got so much kind of the pace of how, not the pace in the car, but the pace of the season and how much they have to kind of get used to and acclimatise to tracks. I think that definitely plays into their development. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if that pays off for those guys this weekend. Yeah, for sure. Um, we'll move on now to kind of um, move on now a little bit. We'll move on to Daniel Ricciardo, who I always point out because he finished P3 last time at Emily, which was a pretty good, um, pretty good showing from him in, a, in the Renault slash Alpine, well, now Alpine car. Um, but he's now in McLaren colours and he, he was probably a little bit disappointed to finish um, in P7 last time out in, in Bahrain um, and, and kind of slightly too far off Lando Norris. Um, Ollie, do you think that this is actually a really good opportunity for him to go and grab his first podium in McLaren Colours? It would be pretty tough, I think, for him to get a podium. Obviously, you've got Mercedes and Red Bull, and unless there's any issues there, you'd have to back them to probably take all three spots. I think for him, it'll just be about finishing higher than seventh or closer to Norris in terms of pace. I don't think seventh was necessarily a disaster last time around. Obviously, it was his first race for McLaren. Obviously, Norris has got a couple of years of McLaren behind him, so it might just be taking him a bit of a while to get used to the new car. Um, 
So I just think it'll be if he can maybe target top five, I think that'll be his aim. And I think he'll be happy with that. Uh, Andy, how do you rate McLaren's chances in this race specifically? Yeah, it'd be interesting. I, th- I really liked what they showed us, I guess, in the, in the first race in Bahrain. Um, you know, they, they've, they've shown that they're going to be at the top of that midfield battle, certainly in the mix for that sort of third place in the Constructors' uh, uh, Championship. I mean, it, it's going to be it's gonna be an interesting race to watch. I think it'll be really fun to see Danny Ricciardo go for it. I think he came third, actually, last year in Nimola. So he got that podium with Renault um, on that track. So, I mean, it, it'd be nice to see Danny Ricciardo push forwards. It'd be nice to see Lando push. So McLaren, I think, are just, they're a really likable team. I think they'll do well this season in general. And I think this is just like another sort of a chance for them to kind of get used to the car, get used to how they're feeling for the season and just sort of really set the tone. Yeah, because I think there's a real kind of, there's a lot of potential really there in McLaren, I think particularly with Lando Norris. And it would be nice to go and see him have another successful race where he arguably over, overperforms like he did in Bahrain. Um, I suppose another team, but speaking of like overperformances, you've got um, Ferrari, who actually had a really good start in Bahrain. They got uh, P6 and P8. Um with uh, the two Charles's Sainz and Leclerc, um, they're on they're on home turf, kind of. I mean, it's it's Italy. It's technically, um, it's it technically should be Ferrari's home turf. Do you think that that maybe applies like a little bit more pressure, given that they've kind of set a, an expectation of a, at least finishing in the top ten? Um, Rory, do you think that they can use this to their advantage and go on and, and get a good finish this week? Yeah, I think it's definitely a factor. I think you can kind of argue how real it is when it comes to kind of narrative and like certainly built up by the media. Um, but even then, there's always this pressure to perform in Formula One. And especially when you, you know that you've got the eyes essentially of every Formula One fan in that country expecting you to, to perform at your best. There is certainly added pressure there. And in a sense, there's even more pressure this year because that midfield is looking so competitive between the teams we've spoken about, McLaren and Ferrari. Looking at them in Bahrain, they were kind of sandwiched together in that midfield. Um, apart from kind of Perez from Red Bull working his way through them. They were kind of, that was the battle we were seeing all, all race long. Um, so to see whether the pressure of being on home ground is going to drive them to kind of escape that sandwich and maybe if they can perform better in qualifying or keep that keep that going um hopefully stay atop those um kind of third to to sixth and speaking of home teams uh ollie you brought up for the podcast that this is um alpha tari's technically their spiritual home ground we called it um do you think i mean we looked at Last time out, Yuki Sonoda had, we've discussed him a little bit already, he had a very good showing. Um, we kind of discussed that rookies um, going into this kind of new track might have a little bit more of a level, level playing field. Um, but looking at the, the other driver, Pierre Gasly, didn't even finish last time out in Bahrain. Do you think that he's going to feel that kind of extra pressure going into this where you've got the couple, the, the, the couple factors of not particularly doing well in Bahrain, but also this being his sort of home, his team's home ground and he's the, the, the kind of senior driver? Well, I think the annoying thing for Gasly in Bahrain is that he qualified way ahead of expectations. He finished fifth in qualifying, if I remember correctly. And then straight away at the beginning of the race, he was hindered quite badly and obviously had to retire. 
and we know he performs so obviously won the Italian Grand Prix in Monza last year which was kind of unexpected so I, I wouldn't like bet against him here I reckon he could sneak a top 10 um, I think there will be a little pressure because of how Bahrain ended, but I think he's got the experience and maturity now to deal with that quite well. And obviously, Sonoda almost surpassed expectations last time. I reckon he's got a chance as well. It'd be interesting to see if he can maybe sneak into third qualifying this time and see how that goes for him. But I've, I'm fairly optimistic about Alcatori's chances this week, and I reckon they could do quite well. All right, gentlemen, the time has come. I'm going to get some sort of predictions from you for this race. So, first of all, who's going to win this race? Rory, start with you. Oh, um, I will go with Max Verstappen. Um, I'm going to keep keep that belief in Red Bull. Um, it's interesting, though, talking, looking at, not to completely change the subject again, but um, track limits. So, they're being a lot stricter on track limits now after what went on in Bahrain with um, both Hamilton and then obviously controversially Verstappen at the end. Uh, so tr- I think they're cracking it down to three strikes and then you get penalised. So hopefully that will kind of add even more competition to it. But I think Max will probably have learnt from that and he'll hopefully kind of, it's harsh to say think a bit more, but I think he'll be a little bit more refined in when he looks at making moves. Um, but I still think he's got the car and he's got the the... I mean, talent, just simple racing talent to, to win. Ollie, who do you think is going to win this Grand Prix? I agree. I'm also going to count for Verstappen. I think he probably should have won in Bahrain. The Red Bull got very close to the pace, and I reckon he'll win in setup. And an interesting title race for the rest of the year. Andy? Yeah, it's look. I... <laughs> I I'm not I'm gonna go I'm gonna go Max Verstappen as well. He looked so mature after the after the end of the first race. You know, like when when we think of Max Verstappen, what we've seen in his career before, he's such like a like a fiery character. And I feel like after the that first race, you know, he had the win sort of snatched right at the end um, from him. And he he didn't seem sort of upset. He looked he looked a lot more sort of dialed in. Uh, I think he bounces back this week. And I think he does get the win. Saying that, now that we've all gone with Max Verstappen, it's just going to be a one-two Mercedes. It's the, like This is just what's <laughs> going to happen now. <laughs> well, I'm going to go with Sergio Perez because I think he'll have a real sort of um, chip on his shoulder after what happened last week. I think he's going to... I'm, I'm going to back him just because I thought... I think it'd be really fun. To, I'd really love to see Sergio Perez go and get the uh, get P1 in this race. Um, right, next question is... Who do you think will be the kind of dark horse for this race? Not necessarily, they don't necessarily have to win or even claim a podium, but who do you think will perform better than people are expecting? We'll go back down the line. Andy, who are you going to back? Oh, who do I think is going to... I'm going to go, you know, I'm going to go my boy. I'm going to go Ferrari. I'm going to go Charles Leclerc. Uh, I think he is... I think he's a really, really good driver. I think everyone who really follows the sport kind of is aware of the fact that, that him and Max, both he and Max are kind of the the kind of the elite level sort of talents, I guess, in the sport in terms of looking for, forward to the, the, the near future. Um, look, he came seventh last year at Imola uh, in, in, a, in a much worse and much, much less competitive Ferrari car. So I think, I think he'll put in a good shift. He, he did well in Bahrain as well. So yeah, I'm going to go Charles Leclerc as my, as my dark horse. Where do you think he'll finish out of interest? Oh, that's a, that's a good question. I'm going to go fifth. I'll go fifth, yeah. And that would be a really strong showing. Um, Ollie, who would you back to maybe raise a few eyebrows this weekend? 
Um, I'm kind of kind of going to go a bit heart overhead here, and I'm going to say Fernando Alonso. I think he was incredibly unlucky um, in Bahrain to have to retire. His, the pace looked surprisingly good on the Alpine the whole weekend. Um, I reckon he's got a chance of finishing inside the points, and I would absolutely love to see that. Um, it's great to have him back, and I reckon he's got a decent shout if Alpine matches the pace from last time. Where are you going to put him? I reckon he could sneak a P8, potentially. That would be nice to see. I think everyone really wants to see Fernando Alonso back to his best this season. Um, Rory, have you got anyone who you might be back in this weekend? I was so I was thinking first Charles Leclerc, but you know Andrew's taken that now. Um, and then it's interesting, Ollie, that you talk about Alpine because they've had. I think they're expecting quite good upgrades for this race, um, and it should hopefully show like in practice. So if if we can see that, then hopefully, yeah, Alonso is going to perform uh, much better than he ended up uh, in Bahrain. I will go with McLaren, and I think I'll go with Daniel Ricciardo. Um, again, we were talking about that sandwich of Ferrari and McLaren. I think whoever comes out on top is kind of my dark horse. And Ricardo obviously came third last year. I think I'm expecting big things from him again. And I'll say, I will say, I'm not going to say where he's going to finish, but I think he'll finish ahead of Valtteri Bottas. That's a big claim. I like that. That's, that's, that's a, a that is claim, a you know, that's a, a ballsy claim actually. Yeah, no, I like that. I like that. Um, I'm going to go with Yuki Tsunoda. I reckon he could get um, a top eight finish. This, this Grand Prix. I mean, he got points last time out, which was really good for his debut F1 drive. And I just think this is obviously AlphaTauri's home um, home ground. It could it could play into his hands that this really sort of, we really sort of start to see Yuki Tsunoda as a future. Um, sort of contender in Formula One. I'd, I'd quite think, like to see that. Do you think he still finishes behind Pierre Gasly? Because um, obviously Gasly... I'm going to say for this race, I'm going to say for this race, I'm going to say no. I, I think he probably will over the course of the season. But I just think he'll be, he'll be riding a high from last week. And I think that will probably get him sort of in, in a good position again this week. But again, it's a matter of when you've got a young driver... Um, their sort of form can be quite volatile. So it's hard to say that he's going to be consistent over the course of the season, which I think that Gasly will be. But I think for this race, yeah, why not? I'll, I'll back Sonoda to, to do the business. Um, right. I, the, I suppose like the final question I have, um, and this one I, I have planned properly in advance, is the, uh, the Mazepin sweepstake. So this is where we're going to kind of debate where Mazepin is going to... Like, it's not, it might be a matter of if, if he finishes or not. It's a matter of which lap will he spin out. Um, <laughs> and he, you, find, you seem to find it most amusing. Uh, who, who, where, at what point will Mazepin spin out this week? I love will he complete this a lap? Is, this, is, this is absolutely fantastic. Uh, I think he'll complete a lap. Surely, surely he completes a lap. Like, come on, man. You've got to do it. I, like, I, where do I think he'll spin out? To be honest, I could see him... I could see him Oh, I was going to say I could see him finishing this race and just taking it quite slowly just to ensure that he doesn't actually spin out. not the Maspin way, Andrew. But that's not the Maspin way. You're right. You're right. So I'm going to go... How many laps are there in Imola? 63. I'm going to go... Oh, I reckon he's out by lap 24. There you go. Very specific. I like that. Yeah, there's, um, there's absolutely no, no <laughs> statistics behind that whatsoever. We're just going with it. Ollie, when are you going to go for? 
I'm not really sure, to be honest. It's going to be quite interesting. I just want to now quickly shout out to my brother because he turns 19 on Sunday and I know he's doing an F1 drinking game. The shot with the shot roulette rule I got him for Christmas and I believe about 30% of the rules apply to Mazepin. Excellent. So it's going to be quite interesting. That's top quality stuff. <laughs> I'm going to have to check up with him. Um, I kind of want him to be really hungover for his Monday morning Zoom lecture. So I'm going to say Mazepin spins out or spins at least fairly early. I'm going to say lap 14. Very interesting. Rory, what you, what's your thoughts on this? Well, you know, approaching it from a statistical point of view. We've just I did like, can I just interrupt for a I like how this has probably provoked the most serious discussion we've had this entire podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's the most compelling bit. But um, checking the Matter Spin website, it's been 17 days, 22 hours, 27 minutes, and 26 seconds since his last spin. Um, and honestly, I don't think it's going to be that much longer before we see another one. I think he will spin early on. I don't think he'll be out. Um, I'll say kind of fourth lap, just when the pack's starting to separate a little bit, but he's still way back uh, in the mess. I think he'll spin out, probably take someone with him, and then keep racing, probably finish, but um, I'm thinking like 20 seconds behind the next person. Very strong. I'm going to go with uh, lap 57. And my thought is, I think if we're going to reach a stage with Mazepin, I think he's going to actually start the race in quite a calm sort of, you know, take it easy kind of uh, kind of way. And I think he'll find himself probably around sort of like P18, 19, uh, with about 10 laps to go. And he'll think, I've got a chance here. I can get myself towards sort of like the top 10. And he'll skip like a pit stop or something. He'll go against his team orders, skip a pit stop, and then his tires will like burst and cause him to spin out at about lap fifty-seven when he should have pitted like two laps before. That's my <laughs> prediction. See it I, love, I love the high rating that we have of Matt Spin here on the uh, the SWL show. I mean, his it, it's reached the point where like if he does spin out again, we're not gonna it's not gonna lower our estimations of him. Like they're already pretty low. Um, <laughs> it's a really interesting question though because like. If you're a driver like that in a car that you know can't perform or can't win you a race, your options are be a bit wild and rogue and go for things like Matt Spin does, maybe not quite that to, extent, to that extent. Or you kind of sit back, enjoy coming 15th or lower, and like that's all you can ever get. Do you think, like, do you think those are your only options? And do you think that someone like Schumacher, is he kind of just biding his time until he gets picked up by a different team? I'm not sure who that was addressed to, but you know. I feel like there's. I'm gonna. Ask that. I feel like there's a balance, right? Like with Maspin, I think one of the biggest issues he has. Yeah, you could say like he could be shown as he could try and like really gun and take those risky plays and try and get himself to the top of the grid, but or as far up the grid as he possibly can. And I think there's actually a chance this season that in one race that might pay off quite well, and he might go and get himself like a P12 or even like in the points. Um, but I think if you're trying to market yourself to a like big team and try and get yourself picked up by a big team, arguably you want to be looking at someone. You want to be looking at someone like George Russell, who is in a terrible, terrible car, but showing himself <laughs> to actually be um, a better driver than that car can realistically provide. And he's in a, in a controlled manner. He's you know he he's a, I don't know, I don't think he got a single point last year, but he, there were a couple of times when he did finish up quite a high up the grid certainly further up than he should have done. Um, so I think that there's a real balance to be struck 
I yeah, I, I don't think that his driving style is going to get him picked up by any team anytime soon. That's like notwithstanding his off the field issues. I was going to say, I think say, say race like the races themselves didn't exist. How much do you think you can actually impress just on practice and qualifying? Oh, that's a good question. Because um, say you're not and and say you're not even English, because I feel like George Russell gets the hype for being British, but it's like mm-hmm. if you're one of those drivers who doesn't have the media behind them and you don't have the car behind you, what can you really do? I think it's just down to performing against your teammate. You know, that's why F1 is such a unique sport because it's it's you're in a team, but they're also your biggest rival. You know, that's that's what they all say. Yeah, that's the classic thing that they say in F1. They plug it hard and drive to survive. But that's <laughs> what it, that's that's what it is. You know, like like it's a really weird dynamic. Um, so I think that the best measuring stick is against your teammate, which is why I think as like like you say, George Russell, I think he does get a lot of hype because he's British, but he also does absolutely destroy his teammate in in almost every session so yeah i think look i think we both i think we all know that Haas are going to be struggling this season uh i think i think we all expect them to really finish probably last in the constructors table so i think for, for both matspin and and schumacher for them as we say they're basically just not racing because they're they, their car is super like not competitive at all for them they're just gonna have to just impress against one another which is gonna be quite interesting to watch because they're both rookies so that's yeah, we'll see what happens on, on this weekend. Yeah, and I think that's pretty much all we have time for. Uh, it's been a really good discussion. I'm very excited for this race. Um, we'll probably be back this time next week with a sort of review podcast, taking in all the action, all the minute silences that we're going to be seeing this weekend and uh, analysing them to the death. Um, but for now, that's, uh, that's going to be the end of the podcast. Uh, make sure to follow us on Twitter at SW underscore Londoner. Um, we'll be posting no doubt more F1 content over the course of the coming weeks. Um, but for now, enjoy Emila. Um, I've been joined by the wonderful Roy McNair. Thank you, Luke. It's a pleasure. I've been joined by Ollie Dixon Jefford. Thanks, Luke. And I've been joined by Andy Gamble. Thanks, Luke. Can't wait for the race. Me too. I've been Luke Edwards. Thank you very much for listening. Bye bye. <laughs>